Hello, I'm Victoria. Thank you for clicking the play button on another episode of the Choose to Think podcast. Say, do you ever wonder how to study the Bible? Do you often feel overwhelmed, even at the thought of it? Do you believe the lie that somehow you're not qualified or you don't have the necessary credentials to read and study the scriptures? Well, in this episode, I will offer a few quick tips and best practices that you can use to get started today. If it's been a while since you've been in a study, say with a group, or since you've dedicated time to a devotional type routine, well, this just may be the message you need to jumpstart a new habit. Join me today to put the feet on your faith. Today, we're going to choose to think. Please stay tuned. Did you know the Faith-Filled Choose to Think When Your Soul is Hungry digital course will be launching in several weeks? We've all seen the hilarious memes and heard the jokes about how much weight we're gaining during the COVID-19 stay-at-home season, but frankly, to some folks, this really isn't funny. They've recognized that they're going to food more than ever before. Well, this class is for you if you're really sick and tired of being a slave to food, if you're discouraged by how you use food to find comfort, or when you're bored. If you're fed up, finally, with the toxic thinking related to food hangups that are really starting to get you down, maybe you wrestle with yo-yo dieting and you've tried every new diet fad that hits the market but with little to no lasting success. Perhaps you struggle with a poor body image and negative self-talk, constantly comparing yourself to others. Maybe you simply want to jumpstart a healthier lifestyle overall. Well, here's the promise. In this course, you'll take one giant step forward in your quest toward optimal health and freedom from unhealthy eating patterns and food-related behavior of any type that keeps you feeling defeated or discouraged. You'll walk away with increased confidence and clarified identity as a child of God. You'll put into action the tools you acquire to combat toxic thinking related to root causes, wounds, and harmful emotions. Each day, you'll execute new habits and healthy thought patterns that get you headed in the right direction. Think of this course as a boot camp for your brain, a jump start to a healthier emotional, spiritual, and physical you. It's a kickstart method to help you pivot and find freedom once and for all. So what's in it? Okay, students will learn and apply the TGIF method for overcoming unhealthy eating habits and hangups and find out how to find lasting comfort using truth leads to pave the way. There are 10 in-depth video lessons to inspire and engage students. Each course segment offers downloadable faith-based lessons and exercises to track your progress and additional resources and PDF downloadables to keep you on track are also included. Students receive an invitation to join Brain Changers, a private Facebook group to find encouragement, submit prayer requests, and to share struggles and wins. Plus, optional live group mentoring sessions are available with me along the way if you choose. Now the fine print. This is a great, incredible really, faith-based course to do with a sister, a friend, or a small group. It is entirely self-paced. The recommended time allotment is about 12 weeks. There's really nothing like it on the market. Why? First, it's faith-based. And because this is not a diet program in any way. This is not a medical program in any form. We count nothing in this class. Not carbs, not calories, not steps, nada. What you can plan to lose, however, are those thoughts and mindsets that are sabotaging your health and your well-being. What you'll find is freedom once and for all. You know, one student was motivated to join the class after struggling with yo-yo dieting for years. And here's what she, what she said. 
She said, I will do great for several months, but once I start eating sweets, I really do find it hard to stop. The most common emotion for me overeating is stress. I'm naturally a stressful person, even though I am constantly trying, talking to myself and saying not to be stressed. I know this is a big contributor. I put a lot of pressure on myself to be there for everyone, helping them sometimes beyond my physical or emotional limits. And what I, when I don't help, I feel guilty. Well, in quote, if you'd like to sign up for a pre-launch discount, just hop over to my website or click on the link on the show notes. Pray about this. Email me with questions you may have. And now back to the show. Okay, just picture a beautiful tree planted along a steady source of water, a vibrant, strong, and supple tree that produces proper fruit in season and is covered with leaves that never wither. Well, you are that tree, well-grounded, nourished, and thriving, not striving. And this is exactly what is in store for those who delight in God's Word or in His law. Wow, those are some pretty high claims, but get this, the more disciplined you become and the more you take pleasure in meditating on God's Word, the more you will crave it. It's this way with any habit you're trying to establish. Indeed, God's Word becomes manna or bread to you, the sustenance that you will want, and you will enjoy the, quote, filling that it that it alone has to offer you in this hard, hard world that we're living in at present. Now, Psalm number one is the seventh most popular psalm in our list. It has echoes of Psalm 37, you know, last week's episode, and what I learned from my two-year-old granddaughter, Demelza. Well, Psalm 1 also juxtaposes the habits and characteristics of both the righteous and the wicked. Let's listen. Psalm 1 in the NASB. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish." And this is the word of the Lord. Before I offer those three tips to help you jumpstart your devotional habit, please know this. I have been bound by legalism regarding my relationship with God. Now, I didn't start that way. Matter of fact, when I was first saved around about the year 2000, I couldn't get enough of His Word, His teachings and understandings, you name it. I watched basically every single video in my church's library, including the section called Men's Ministry. And then I went to another couple of churches and invaded their libraries as well. My appetite was insatiable. I wanted to know everything about him. I needed to understand things even scientifically, like Noah's flood, the Garden of Eden, Old Testament prophecies about Jesus, and all things apologetic or how to defend my faith. 
all of these topics were so mysteriously fascinating to me. I've done so many Bible studies, filled out the notebooks, pages and pages of responses. I've charts of chronology, Jewish roots, historical events, word studies, geography, architecture, you name it. They say teachers are lifelong students, and that would certainly describe me. I've gone through seasons of such excitement that when I wake up in the morning and I realize I get to study God's Word, you know, I can hardly contain myself on my desire to see and hear what He might teach me. But there have been plenty of other days when God and His Word were the last things on my mind. You know, the alarm sounds, I throw my feet over the edge of the bed, I stand up running for my first cup of coffee, I shower, and then I'm out the door. God, please help me, might have been all that I was able to mutter on those days. I've even been to the point at different seasons in my life where I just couldn't even complete a one-page devotional. My relationship with God was flatlined, dry, and if nothing else, I'm going to tell you it was boring. But just because I did desire to keep doing what was, quote, right, my Bible study and devotion time were whittled to one simple verse. That's it, just one verse. But I thought I was doing well to even get that verse in. I would read one Bible verse daily, just one, almost lifelessly, maybe even just to appease the guilt I felt if I did nothing in God's kingdom. You see, I had kind of a twisted uh, understanding of what being in a relationship with God really meant. I have been just that discouraged before in my relationship with God, and it just about killed me. I was under such bondage and legalism regarding studying His Word. Have you ever been there? Well, don't you think that this is where the enemy would love us to stay stuck? Yeah, me too. Well, over time, I've learned something about being in a relationship with God, with the God of this universe in all aspects, with Him as Father, the Holy Spirit, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Slowly and over the years, I'm learning to take my eyes off myself, my own abilities, my deeds, my works, my pursuits, off the number of Bible pages I've read or haven't read, off how many days I attend church or don't, off my feelings regarding any obligations I felt to get right with God. And I've said, no, stop, Victoria, right now. And then I've simply asked God for help. I ask him to teach me how to put and keep my eyes, my focus, my devotion, instead on him, on the author and perfecter of my faith. He really already did all the work, yes? It's not about me and my faith or my devotion. Nope. Instead, it's about his faithfulness and his utter devotion to his children. You know, if the coronavirus pandemic has taught us anything, it's that nothing, nothing is secure in this world. If you place your security and trust in your job, your joy may now 100% be robbed due to your layoff. If you place your security and trust in life itself, well, you may be robbed because you're coming face to face with the fact that life is a vapor and it's fragile. We are not guaranteed the next second of breath. If your security and trust is in your family, well, you may not even be able to meet with them now due to all the restrictions. Our world has been rocked on its axis with the COVID-19 pandemic. Do you hear God speaking to you today during all of this? Would you like to develop a true hunger for God and His Word? Not because you have to, but because you recognize He is life to you and that you get to seek Him. 
There are incredible benefits to living life God's way. You'll find security, refuge, and a stronghold, eternal life, hope, joy, and peace amidst trial and tribulation. You can realign your heart and mind to crave God first as He takes the number one seat in your heart. He becomes your main squeeze, the love, the longing, and the delight of your life. This heart transformation is made possible via God's unconditional love for us as we submit to His truths. His love is like a warm blanket when the world is a chaotic and scary place to be. He's our Father, our Comforter, and our Savior. Okay, so are you convinced? Are you even interested? Do you want this? Well, stay tuned for three practical quick tips on how I approach my relationship with the Lord, His Word, and how I rekindle my love for Him daily. Maybe this process will work for you too. Maybe this will jumpstart a new path for you to take. Maybe you will hear your Father's voice whispering to you even now. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. And welcome back. I've grouped the three practical tips into three I's. Each of the tips begins with the letter I. The three tips are implore, investigate, and immerse. Now, number one, implore. And by this, I mean cry out for help. Ask God, your teacher, for help, especially if you're in a rut, kind of like I've been in before. Implore Him to guide you when you feel disdain, guilt, or obligation within your relationship with Him or with your desire to read His Word. Acknowledge that you would like to change. Listen, have you ever been caught in a riptide in the ocean? Well, in terms of Bible study, devotion, and my relationship with God, I certainly have been pulled away by the humanistic, legalistic, and burdensome riptide that is nothing more than a thief and a robber of peace and joy. Well, how did I get out? Eventually, I stopped flailing around, and I let the current carry me farther and farther away from the shore. And finally, at some point in my floating, my desperation, I finally started waving to God and calling out to Him for help. You know, that legalistic approach to God, like, I have to do this, I have to do that, only tired me out and never got me closer to shore and to safety. Now, if this is you, once you've been safely pulled back on shore, thank God for what he's teaching you. Remember, in this game of life, you're not losing, you're learning. Ask God to rekindle your desire to learn more about him, and he will do it. I'm discovering that relationship with God can be wonderfully and powerfully sweet. For a long time, I've asked the Lord to increase the delight that I have in Him, to make Him first on my mind when I awaken, not because as a Christian I'm supposed to think about Him first, but because I desire to and I long to. It is becoming not what I have to do or what I'm obligated to do, but rather what I have the privilege to do and what I get to do. I'm learning more about who God says I am, not focusing on who I know I am with all the trappings of my flesh, my iniquities, and my failures. I'm drawn to this type of grace that is amazingly wonderful and encouraging. I mean, can you really wrap your mind around the fact that God loves you just that much, that you're his child? He sent his own son to die for you. He sees you as his child. We are sons and daughters of the King. Wow, I'm learning to operate daily with a renewed mind, taking those dratted toxic thoughts captive and bringing them to the obedience of Christ and His finished work. 
So tip number one is implore or beseech God to help you get to know him and his word more. Okay, so tip number two is investigate. And by investigate, I mean to study. The word meditate from verse two in our Psalm number one means to study habitually, read diligently, discipline your mind to meditate, think deeply, seriously consider God's truths. Go ahead, become a student of God's word. It requires no credentials, no particular age, no certain titles. Even children can come to Jesus, right? The more you study, the more you will enjoy the content, and this is 100% guaranteed. Use digital resources like Blue Letter Bible and Bible Hub to help you. There are so many reading plans there, listening plans, devotional plans, and they're already in place. You just have to click to get. Okay, and get this. There's so many benefits when we study. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, end quote. You can be a student of God's word all day long, although finding designated time is very helpful in building the study habit. Remember, it's called daily bread for a reason. I've taught Spanish at the university level for about two and a half decades, and I cannot imagine if my students did not study the language. If they don't study, they cannot hope to ever understand spoken and written Spanish and forget about speaking it altogether. Now, now when we're dealing with learning a language, well, there are four aspects that round out the acquisition process. Number one um, is reading, two, writing, three, listening, and four, speaking. All right, those skill sets are involved in learning the language, and you can apply this to your Bible study. Read the Bible. Write out your prayers. You can keep a faith journal or maybe a gratitude journal. Listen to God's word on audio or listen to praise and worship music. And then speak out what you're learning. One of my favorite scriptures is from Revelation 12, 11, And it's, to, it's where we're told how we overcome in this world. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be an overcomer by God's good grace and mercy. And it's a remarkable verse. And it says this, quote, And they, referring to the brethren or us, overcame him, referring to the enemy, as I understand it, because of the blood of the Lamb. Now that's Jesus. And because of the word of their testimony. End quote. In other words, your testimony matters. When you verbalize, when you share your testimony, when you speak it out, you're bearing witness to Christ's work in your life. People need to hear from you. Okay, so when we dig deeper even on that word meditate from the verse, meditate day and night, it also means to roar, to growl, groan, utter, talk, mutter, muse, whisper in pleasure or in anger. Okay, practically speaking, let's say you're having a really tough day. Maybe you're weary, anxious, and you're just about to go for that bag of Doritos. Then your eye catches a little scriptural wall hanging that you have near your cupboard that says, quote, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, end quote. Well, there was a day that I hated that verse, and I'm sorry to admit that, but it's the truth. It seemed like the most preposterous and ridiculous saying. I scorned it, thinking, yeah, right, I can't do much of anything these days. And then I would say to God, all things, Lord, really? All things? I can do all things? Nope, 
That's not me. I think we goofed on that one. But now, because I've learned by God's grace how to take thoughts captive, how to choose to think, I actually love that verse. And I find it so incredibly encouraging. It it lights a fire in my spirit. In that moment that I'm on my way to the fridge, I can slow down and say, oh, wait, Lord, you've given me the strength for even this moment. What is it that I'm festering over that is not inclined towards you and your word? What are my thoughts? And then the renewal process is kicked into place. I need to refresh, reboot regarding God's truths and his character. And suddenly my spirit's refreshed as well. I pivot. I mean, hey, what does a bag of Doritos have on God anyway? Or maybe you're not exactly perturbed by the verse like I was during that one season of my life, but maybe you feel defeated by it. Maybe yours is that voice that whispers in your defeat, never believing you could have any measure of strength or drive again in your life. You have been there too. Well, my point is this. Even if you don't like that particular scripture passages, whatever they may be, even if you don't understand them or feel like they're too good to be true, given your situation, tell God. He enjoys and welcomes your reflections and your questions. You know, if you're a parent, you know what this is like. Your kid comes to you saying, and maybe groaning and moaning, but I don't understand why we have to do this or that, or why we have to go to this place or that. Or maybe they come to you crying in defeat. I can't do this, mom. I'm no good at this. I'm a loser. Oof. But you, as a loving parent, in your mind, you know everything, you know, quote everything in the situation. Maybe you know why we can't go such and such place or why we have to. And you also know that because your kid is wrestling a bit, then learning and understanding will take place eventually. Talk to your heavenly father, write out your prayers every hour, pray, talk to the Lord often. Now you're thinking, but I don't know what to say, or I'm afraid I'll say something incorrectly. This is exactly how my Spanish students feel when trying to speak the language. But with all that is within me, I encourage them that their attempt is far more valuable than the content of what they're saying or how they pronounce the words or whether they make a grammar mistake. The point is to communicate as you study. Ask the Spirit to guide you. Engage. Journal your hardships and disappointments. You can express all of your emotions with Him, all of them. Whether you want to roar about His Word or whisper about it, He is the divine educator, the divine tutor, the divine teacher. He will help you through this time. Learn to investigate all things God. And don't grow weary from doing this good thing. First, we implore. Then we investigate. And all of this, these two tips flow quite naturally into tip number three, which is immersion. Okay, tip number three, immerse yourself in God's word. In foreign language acquisition, there is no, and I repeat, no easier and quicker way to learn the language than by living in a country where that language is spoken, hands down. Okay, so what does that mean in our Bible study and in our approach to God? Well, you can engage all your senses, hearing by listening to the word, taste, quote, taste, by studying God's word. You know, it's like honey, 
sight by seeing it everywhere and reading it, tactile even by using a pen or a keyboard or a phone to share what you're learning, share your testimony. And I hope I'm not going too far to say that even smells in your home can change your mood or help to sharpen and clear your mind so that you can enjoy God's creation and the beautiful fragrances that he gives us. And maybe that's a stretch. I don't know. But put scriptures up around your home. Write verses on note cards and sticky notes. Take designated time to study. Seek refreshment from God's word and time spent with him. Listen to praise and worship music. This is such an instant reboot for me. I I mean, every single day I'm listening to some songs. I'm dancing around, jumping on the trampoline, um, just putting myself, putting that into my heart and into my mind. Just three to four minutes of listening and perhaps even singing to a song can change my entire outlook. What happens is that the more I immerse myself, and all things God, the more refreshed I become and the more I desire to stay immersed. The method of immersing your mind and heart repeatedly in God's word and the relationship you had with him is very similar to the method we use to take thoughts captive. We learn then to operate from a renewed mind. The renewal process in its essence creates something renewed, something that we like. Think of renovating your kitchen. Even just this, the one, the first step to paint the walls is in and of itself refreshing. You're excited to do that. We like that clean, fresh look. We enjoy the impact and the feeling we get when we walk in. As Christians, we're called to operate out of a renewed mind virtually constantly, but the result is something we learn to enjoy and desire. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 encourages us to, quote, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Take to heart these words that I give you today. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home or away, when you lie down or get up. Write them down and tie them around your wrist and wear them as headbands as a reminder. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, end quote. Now this all our heart, all our soul, and all our strength is the immersion tip I have on steroids. With the analogy of learning Spanish, I encourage my students to write out their flashcards for vocab that they're mastering, to put sticky notes up everywhere with Spanish words and phrases, to immerse themselves in the language often. They can watch movies in Spanish, do the you scan at Kroger in Spanish, switch over Facebook to Spanish, you know, anything and everything they can to constantly engage their minds in Spanish. And this brings us to the amazing result from what happens when we implore God to help us as we seek him, when we investigate or sincerely study his word, and when we immerse ourselves in all things God, we find delight. When we ask God for help, we find comfort and refuge. When we study his word, we will learn and grow in wisdom. When we deliberately and repeatedly immerse ourselves in God's truth, we become more comfortable and fluent in our expression. And these three eyes take us directly to delight. It's that emotional impact, that bright, bright coat of fresh paint, that what that has on the walls of our mind and our heart. Delight means both pleasure and longing. Its root word means to bend. The more we practice the three eyes, the more we are inclined toward God and His way and His word. We approach each day bent toward the things of God. Just picture the movement of a sunflower constantly shifting to face the heat and the light of the sun. We too can delight in the radiance of God's presence in our life every single moment. When we delight in God and His Word, we are humbled and positioned for praise and thanksgiving. 
As I script this episode, we are in the midst of COVID-19 ramifications in our world. And here in Kentucky, we're only to move about for essential purposes. Some of my kids have been kind of, they've been laid off. People are dying. Our, in, our economy is suffering. Tell me if this isn't overwhelming in our minds. Well, we quickly realize that we do not have shoulders to handle this type of weight. And if you need more encouragement for how to handle these virus times, Please tune into my bonus episode, sandwiched between episodes 12 and 13, about choosing to think when our hearts are anxious. At any rate, expressing praise, thanksgiving, and gratitude is like walking through the threshold of a beautiful outdoor outdoor garden. Only in God's vineyard or garden will we really find delight. Practicing gratitude by delighting in God often puts my feet into motion. It stirs up within me a longing to help others get their minds and hearts over into God's beautiful vineyard where there is refuge, safety, abundance, hope, and peace. Is this just a way to ignore all our problems as well as the world crises? Goodness, no. It is the most healthy way to deal with all of them. When I begin to show gratitude for what I can control in my life, the more sensitive I become to those who are struggling. I cannot keep my loved ones from contracting the virus totally out of my control for the most part, but I can make care packages for healthcare workers pressed against under the strain of all of this, definitely within my control. Delighting in God becomes a refuge out of which we operate. God is our comfort. Out of gratitude, we spring into action to be the light and to share the good news. All those things you do in faith via your love for God will prosper. As to Spanish acquisition, delighting is the emotional charge we get when we utter a few words and someone understands us or we hear someone speaking Spanish and we get it. It's not looking at all the grammatical structures and the vocab that we don't know or haven't acquired and staying stuck there. It's not crumbling in defeat when the dis- the discipline is hard work. No, it's appreciating that we are making progress and gaining momentum and that we will yield fruit in its season. And that's from verse three. So a quick recap. Number one, we implore, ask God to help us. Number two, we investigate and study his word daily to continue the momentum. And number three, we immerse ourselves completely in God's business. And in employing these three eyes and by God's grace, we find delight and we're truly blessed and happy. So if you're not feeling exactly happy these days, perhaps you can begin the process of repainting the walls of your heart and mind. It's never too late to start. Go ahead, dust off your Bible, crack it open. Use technology to help you. Let the words begin to wash over your heart and mind. Enjoy the process. Take delight in where the Lord is leading you. Enjoy the taste. Chew on the word all day long. Refresh and reboot often. Delight daily in your relationship with God. Allow His great love for you to be what you are most grateful for in this life. Goodness, just look how He demonstrated how much He loves you by giving His only Son. You know, Psalm 1 starts with the the phrase, how blessed or blessed, and speaks of both the righteous and the wicked. This is an early echo of what Jesus would tell us in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. It says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Well, do you want this blessing? I hope so. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very, very much for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you. Check out the show notes below and please stay connected. Please subscribe to this podcast and share the link this week with just one friend. Thank you so much. Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.